Blue moon, blue moon. Dip, 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 I got this problem moon. where I hear songs and it's got to be music or I just can't deal with it. <laughs> did you like any of those songs? I mean, isn't it funny that like back in the day they did... Uh, Anything? That was... I mean, they were trying <laughs> to figure it out. They were like, oh, we can't really do a whole lot. They didn't have the technology to really do instruments really well, but they could do vocals pretty well. So they would do that... Uh, they go, who put the bop in the bop, shabop, shabop? Who put your ram in the ram, ram, ding dong? Who put your bop in the bop, shabop, shabop? Who did the dip in the dip, the dip, the dip? Who was that man? I'd like to shake his hand. He made my baby fall in love with me. Yeah. You ever heard that song? No. Yeah. You've never heard that song, Eric? No. Maybe I have, but it is not registered in my memory. You've heard Blue Moon, though. No? Probably. It it blows me away that it's not a definite yes. That sounds like shit that could be on anywhere, like at a car wash, and you're just like, fuck. Like, like <laughs> that doesn't sound fascinating to you at all. No, it does not. Do that. That's interesting because I love it. I love do up. But you were you were old enough to have like seen it invented. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> right now, everyone's picturing me as an uh, old man river. With Father the, time. Yeah. <laughs> and you as this giant baby in a diaper. <laughs> Has anyone here, like, uh, listeners, have you seen Book of uh, Eli? Imagine Denzel Washington in that movie. That's Josh. I'm, I'm also black. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a funny story. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I thought it to be kind of funny. Uh, what was, there, was there a key huh? change in this story? It was quite funny. I went to uh, Michelle's Christmas party this past uh, Christmas, because that's when Christmas parties occur. <laughs> this past February. <laughs> this past February. Chris is a late Christmas party, guys. Um, and I went to, and she, the previous year, she was dating a black guy. But there was a guy at her work that saw me. He was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know you. You were at the Christmas party last year. I was like. In my mind, I'm like, no, sir. Not only was I not here at the Christmas party last year, if you would, the person you think I am was a, a person of a very different race. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. So. This guy is very observant. Buzz, 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 buzz. When you hear a lot of people talking at the same time, it kind of has a similar sound to a freaking beehive. Welcome He's to the Hive Podcast. Where we don't see race or anything. or But we do but, see age. Just like Denzel Washington in Book of Eli. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was blind. My name is Josh Clifton. <laughs> Eric Jones. He's still dying. Kaylin and or. <laughs> and? I get it. Um, And is the three of us, we might have a Brady pop in here. We might not. I don't know. Maybe. Um. But uh, what are you guys up to? Chilling. Not being on the podcast for several weeks. Yeah, you haven't <laughs> been. How long have you been out? Uh, at least three. Two to three, I want to yeah. say. It, there was one. Uh, there was one I was able to be on like half of it. That's right. But and uh, with my my current work schedule, it's uh a little bit 
been more difficult. But now, because of my workplace, we're in a new spot. So yeah, it all we're, it all paid off. We're at a, we're in a legit studio right now. Yeah. Um. So that means there's a lot of cocaine. <laughs> And every, uh, there's yeah. a lot of cocaine in these walls. Looking <laughs> 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 these, co- these walls were made from cocaine. Yeah, in the good old days. Um, yeah. Hey, you know what's cool? Uh, we've got a new pope. I think. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, th- we did see smoke coming from. Oh God, dang it! Dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's so. Too soon? Is it too soon? No, because there's lots of jokes and Hard Times has already nailed it too. Yeah, did they? <coughs> what yeah. they say? I haven't seen anything. It was either them or Babylon B, and it was like, uh, yes, in fact, whatever you think the uh, burning of the Notre Dame is, it's in fact what you think it is. You know, because everyone's like, it's happening because God wants to reap justice. You know, oh, everyone. My. You know, he's like, and they were just like, well, yeah, sure, all your reasons, yeah. I what's funny is I uh, uh, a lot of my friends apparently and I found out because it's burning I had known about it obviously, but I didn't know it's the number one most uh, visited site in Paris. Really, and the Eiffel Tower is second. Interesting. I'd, I'd believe that Eiffel Tower you could see it, you could get on it, cool. But if you go to the Notre Dame, Notre Dame, what's it called? Yeah, Notre Dame. You're right. If you go there, there's so much history, art. You can look up and see like paintings that are hundreds of years old. You know, like there's. Well, you could. Well, um, they saved it all. Uh, they did save it all. Yeah. I, I saw, the last I saw of it was they were they were in the attempts to save it all. I didn't know they actually got everything. Well, they're going. Had they decided or figured out? By the time this posts, they'll know. But like, do they have they posted now about whenever why it happened? I mean, they were doing renovations, so you could only assume that someone it yeah did a uh oh yeah, yeah. picked up. a whole bouquet of oopsie daisy <laughs> <laughs> oopsie daisy. <laughs> that's quite the that's quite the mess oh up. man man that it guy that guy just feels that, that guy just feels awful yeah it was um, Ryan <laughs> last uh last episode. We talked about the black hole and how that morning of that episode, they we have gotten the first Ryan picture of an official fire. black hole. Yeah. And there is a petition to name it after Chris Cornell. <laughs> really? Yeah, because of Black Hole Sun. Yeah. I mean, and the uh, color scheme of the- uh, the Oh, uh, the record. I, uh, shared the record. It, I shared it with everybody, but yeah, it looked perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Babe Ruth, so, that thing. Yeah, so there, there you go. I just thought I'd share that. Um, what do you get? Do you guys have anything you want to share? I have a bunch of stuff, but I don't want to hog the time. Uh, there's something I want to talk about, but it might could wait till a little bit deeper into the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. You think it's is it what what is it have to do with video games? No. Does it have to do with race? No. Does it have to do with um? The fact that we named an episode Justin Bieber's miscarriage? No. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I don't know what it could be. All right. I guess I'll wait. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm down for you to go go for it. Are um, we going to talk about Spotify again? No. I've been- Because uh, it works better than iTunes. <laughs> uh, how about- Dude, people- did we all just laugh and sink? Like- I know. Man. <laughs> You guys yeah. did the right amount of ha 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 ha's. Yeah. We, are, we um, are musicians. Did you guys hear about people mad about uh let's see, who was it? I I Tim Lambesis. Right. Their new um Single record or whatever had the guy from August Burns Red. Right. Uh-huh. 
And people are freaking <laughs> out because he shouldn't have been a guest vocal on that. Yeah. I, I, man, that whole situation is weird. Like for, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't. Here's. A, I mean, I'm, you I'm guys pretty, are as I lay dying fans. Right? I, I, I more very than me. much am. Kalen okay. more than me. Is and Johnny so he's more invested normally? Uh, Johnny, yeah, he he grow he listened to him growing up, but I'm, I'm probably was more okay. into him. So that's I'm glad you're here then because I saw that and I go, oh, this is interesting seeing some of the people like kind of argue in a comment thread about how he how uh, that guy shouldn't be. Well, like uh, like uh, Azalee Dying has lost. Um, a bunch of show opportunities. They've 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 gone. Through. People dropped off uh, festivals because they were on it, right? Exactly, and uh, yeah, they they've definitely received a lot of flack and a lot of kickback because of uh, their reassociation with Tim Lambesis, which uh, it's, it's Lambesis or Lambesis. Uh, I've heard both Lambesis and Lambesis. I think okay. Lambesis is actually call correct. him Lammy, but Timmy Lambo. Um, Timmy Tam. Well, Tam he, here's Tam. here's my thoughts on it. And Timmy here's, Hitmaker. Here's what I how I feel about it, and it is kind of it is on one side of the argument, because um, I watched a lot of the whenever it was kind of announced because it was very cryptic initially whenever they announced that hey all the same members are playing again, and with Tim again. Yeah, and it, that was like that was there's very polarizing receptions to that. There was people like. Oh sweet, Azalee Dines back. This is amazing. New music and I'm I'm stoked that he's turned his life around and he's in a great place and his band has forgiven him. How long was he in prison? Uh he was sentenced for 6 years, but he was only in uh see he he was arrested in 2013 and he got out at the end of like 2017. So he he was on You want to do you want to do that math Asian? 3 3 and a half years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 4 tops. So he he was uh <laughs> He very was good on good. He was on good behavior. I guess he got you know he got released early because of <laughs> how his good behavior. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I, I'm guessing. Like in in he lift those weights so good, so good. <laughs> um, now he was in there just making other hits. <laughs> He's like, this but, record's gonna be sick, so sick. He's like, can't make hits on people. May as well make a hit. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stick to the only hits I know how uh, to make. <laughs> And you know his side project, Austrian Death Machine, right? Yes. Austrian Death Machine it's is what Ar- it's called? Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger metal band. Austrian Death Machine. <laughs> yes. Hey, Tim. This guy, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, surely- And they released an album, like, right, he put out an album while he was in jail. And it, well, okay. he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't put it out. It was already set to release and stuff. It was all done before he this, <laughs> he was caught or anything. But it happened to release after he his third album was with that project. Was so he's in As I Lay Dying, an yes. Austrian death machine. <laughs> yes. Is he in any other side projects or uh, what was his first band? Community uh, service? He, no. He, he was in a uh, a band called uh, Society's Finest back in the day. He was in that band? Yeah, for a little bit. I saw that band play Cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah, they were very. What uh, the what? Josh loved it. No, I. I well, just, they were I more, know nothing about it. They were more like emo. I, I want to say like emo punk. Like they were yeah. very different. Um, um and, that's yeah, I can give you. I can give you a lot of Asley dying backstory. All that to say, if you don't know who Tim Lambesis is, he's the lead singer of both those bands, but most importantly, Asley dying. He in 2012 or 13. 
he put out a hit on his wife, hired a hitman to take out his wife. That guy was a undercover cop, got and he got got, and yeah. so he went to jail. Um, After they had adopted they, three Ethiopian children. <laughs> That's what did it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to make any other inappropriate jokes. No, no, no. But... Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, continue. Sorry. So I'll, I'll give my two cents after you're done. So because of that, you know, we're four or five years removed from that situation. Actually, we're six years removed from that six- situation. And and now he is out. I've seen him on some of my friends' feeds, like, hanging out with him. Yeah. Uh, Chad Johnson from Come mm-hmm. and Live. And you would know him from being an A&R guy for Tooth and Nail. Um, that founded under oath, found under oath, and all these, but he's a very strong Christian. So I see, I find it interesting yeah. that he is seems like he is hanging out with the right people to try to get his life right. Well, yeah. So what the story of them getting back together is kind of interesting. Um, okay, tell us. Yeah, because his band, whenever he was in court, his band was in court, but they weren't there in support of him. They are in support of his wife. Okay. So the band. Like all the members hated him. Like they were super yeah. resentful, obviously. But and even I uh, mean, if I put George, out a hit on Megan, right? I would expect you not to take my. No, actually, I take that back. You better take my side <laughs> if you want this band to make. It. If you got it, got it. Yeah, it's going to be up to Brady to raise your kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> he just slips right in like you. Know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Any any way I can screw up this marriage is just bonus for him. He's like instant family. Just add Brady. <laughs> Dude, but, it'd be like you seen Talladega Nights. Yes, remember and when be like his buddy he calls comes, me up and he goes yeah. he goes How do you turn up the TV and the stereo at the same time? He's like, Why would you want to do that? I like to party. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love how he comes back from the hospital like the next day and the guys already moved in. All the paintings are changed. It like has his like. <laughs> face over their picture he's like you took my wife <laughs> it's like hey welcome to our home buddy how's it going he's the like kids are like two christmases like- yeah <laughs> uh, but- anarchy anarchy i don't know what it is but i love, love it, it. <laughs> go ahead <laughs> shut but up chip. i think go i've only shit seen- on your ass <laughs> i think i've only seen that movie once oh and, it's so funny it's so funny uh, um, tim was on a lot of steroids at the time though right yeah so uh Oh, there was. <laughs> it looks like he is now, also. Yeah, but he's not as big as he was then. But yeah, and 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 he he doesn't use it as an excuse. He doesn't use it as a like scapegoat. But he does say the st- he was on steroids, and they were obviously impairing his judgment in a lot of ways, um, or affecting some sort of like mental capacity that he had. Uh, but what happened is, so his band hated him. He got back. He had. No, you know the the band was Woven War happened. I don't know if you know Woven War. You have told me about Woven War. Woven War his, was his a, band um, without Tim and with some of the guys from O Sleeper or one Shane, of the guys, Shane, Shane from, the guitar, main guitar singer guy. I listen O-Sleeper. to you. You say I don't listen to you, but I listen <laughs> sometimes. You're the uh, only, except for the end of that episode. That, <laughs> that's the one time. That's the one time I didn't listen to you. Uh, he formed a band, basically. And it, this goes off to what I was saying before. George Lynch, um, who I think one of the Asley Dying members was like dating his daughter or some some family member of his, he made a uh, comment online. He's like, because Tim had all the rights to Asley Dying. So 
when he went to jail and Azalea Dying ceased to exist, he's like, man, the the band members, they didn't have a bucket to piss in, was his quote, uh-huh. because they literally lost everything. So they're even more resentful after that. Um, so they started Woven War with Shane Blay from O Sleeper to kind of be the band in, in the between. They put out two records. Did all was right. Was it good? I, I liked it. I mean, it's basically, it was Azalea Dying's like instrumental music. Uh-huh. Instrumentally, but with like clean vocals mostly. You just you guys. Oh man, I totally, with those I totally missed out then. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. You would have probably liked it. Yeah, probably. I never heard of them. So. You know what? The music still exists. You can still go listen. <laughs> you can to go it. to this app it's just like what's weird is that dude got laid for that song. Oh, he so did. He so did. That dude just comes in, goes bum 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 Just like he's real low. His only job in that band is like as someone singing Blue Moon. He's going boop. Beep, beep, beedy, beep, beep. You know, he, that's all he does. Uh-huh. Did it, did it. Th- that type of stuff. And, and you know, ladies are just like, I want that tall drink of walk- water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, finish. Okay. So he, he gets out of jail. He gets released. And Woven War kind of fades off anyway. Um, or because, like, Shane's starting to play with those sleeper again and stuff. Uh, you just, you guys just played with them with words. It was yeah, awesome. Just yeah. the other night, which was yeah. a Sunday, which was fun. Killed it. I thought it was fun. Uh, so he reaches out to the band members. They don't want to talk with them. They don't want to do anything with having anything to do with them. But I think right. he reached out with the bass player and apparently he just came at it with the mentality, like a super humble mentality. He's like, obviously screwed up. He's like, I just want to be your friend. I just want to regain some sort of friendship. And essentially that snowballed and uh, kind of bled over to the other members. And Nick Hippa, which is one of the guitar players, who uh, he was probably the most resentful. Are you allowed to use the term snowballed in the summer? Go ahead. ahead. But essentially, (laughs) long story short, they were super aggressive, like did not want anything to associate with them at all. But over time, as them like – it's becoming yeah it's it they are back together but it's slip and slided all the way to a better it's slip and slided slided. into a snowball depending (laughs) on the season into a pile of leaves hey to be fair we've had hail there was a that is true to a hail ball way too recently (laughs) for it we might have hail tomorrow you want to know why i think this is the end times because the uh, it's someone would have witnessed what we witnessed on your birthday um someone would have Someone would have written about it in the Bible. <laughs> True, it's like a plague. sky rained like, ice. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so they all got back together. But my my stance on it is, I feel if the people who are affected by him the most, and literally lives were completely changed by What's his, his actions. Wife think? I think. I don't credit me on this. I think she has forgiven I'm him. I'm dashing you right. There. I think she has actually openly said she. Tim Lambise's wife has forgiven him. Kalen says so. Quoted by Kalen Orr. <laughs> Kalen Theodore Orr. Theodore Orr. Theodore Orr. Theodore. It's not my middle name. Theod. Your middle name is Theod. Theodore. I'm sorry, God. Theod. Theod. <laughs> Theo, Kalen, the a Theo door, Theodo, Theodo, uh, yeah. So, but so now, you that, don't see a problem with. Um, it. I don't. I I don't. 
I yeah, like I said, the people who are affected with him the most, if they have it in their capacity to forgive him and move on and participate with him yeah. from going from some such a polarizing side to another, I feel like I can have the heart to say, hey, maybe he has changed and maybe he is not the the same guy and maybe he's taking steps towards I mean he's re, he is remarried. Okay. Um did he wait, did he meet this girl while he was in prison? Uh no, it's they they him and his wife are already uh I believe they're already divorced. Well, I assume so. Like but like <coughs> but and she he was already dating her prior to anything happening. Oh, why did he uh, this is probably too much information, but uh, like, do we want to really get into this? But he, they had split up, and or then going, yeah, they're going either going through a divorce or were and divorced. he had a girlfriend already. And he had a girl, and yeah. that's whenever he, probably because she wanted half of everything or whatever. I I don't I don't know the motive. Yeah, because uh. remember she's fifty percent of all the music he's ever written. Yeah, and she didn't listen to the name of the band, did she? <laughs> oh, dear <laughs> lord. <laughs> So, should have hired Arnold Schwarzenegger. Apparently, <coughs> yeah, they, so, the Australian Death Machine, yeah. Austrian, Austrian, Austrian Death Machine, yeah, Australian Death Machine. songs like is... called like "Get to the Chopper," stuff. Like, <laughs> Get to like, the Chopper, so, mate. It, it is hilarious. It is that's so really good. Um, my thing is why I don't understand why. Um, it's just because it's 2019, but everyone's just got to be on someone else's business. Like, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's like. I, I see so much just virtue signaling in that. It's like well, none of us have ever made a mistake. None of us has ever made – like I can think back on so many things I've done going, dude, I was like 20, stupid, really immature, and if a lot of my just awkward things came out, <clears throat> like I, I could be like on the face of Twitter like – Eric Jones is a because you know because of like some childishness. That wasn't in English. Was that Mandarin? No, it was bomb to bomb to bomb Eric Jones is bomb 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 bomb. But like, I don't understand everyone's need to just be like, like because I think I saw the same post you did. Some guy was basically like, so with the news of a. I don't know how I feel about Jake or Josh, whoever from uh, Jake. Jake doing this song. You know, like I, I feel like I've forgiven him, but I don't feel like he's he's done enough time. I don't feel like he's like paid back his debt to society. Who does he have to? Well, here's yeah. the thing: and, like and as Christians, the... like isn't it our? Aren't we called to forgive and love and like move on? Like, like I understand he he has by law served his time. He, yeah, and and he has and he knows for the and he's admitted. Like gone over the top online, he's like, "Yeah, I will have to pay for that act every day of my life in yeah. some capacity." He's got to support three of the Ethiopian kids he doesn't get to hang out with. <laughs> no, but, uh, but 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 on a serious but, level, go ahead. And, and, Luckily, and, they're not and used if to a whole Jake lot of food. and I, I feel like Jake's a pretty standard. God dang it, dude! <laughs> you keep setting it up, and I'm supposed to shut up. I make it like a solid eight or like an eight point five, and you just like chip in that ten, like at the very end, like it's like a ten point two, just over oh, the line. This is where we're at. This is our dynamic oh, now. Man, like you literally uh, two episodes ago said, "Oh, if Josh is, if his moral compass says it's okay, it's probably fine." I like to. I think it's funny. 
that the tables you, have turned no 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 you have literally <laughs> used me as a moral compass but i'm usually the one that ends up saying the thing that that you get on to me about like like two episodes ago where i go uh uh, we started doing the your Ma- yo mama joke, and I was like, "No, I want to offend everyone. I want to rub it in everyone's face that my mom is alive and your mom is dead." And you go, "No, clearly you're being facetious." Or I was like, whatever. "Oh, it's yeah. not cool. <laughs> it's um, just funny." <clears throat> um, but essentially, like a lot of people were like, "Yeah, he paid his debt and stuff," and you made a good point. Whose debt did he have to clean? Yeah, because it's like, what did he did he hurt you that badly? Or is the or is this an opportunity for you to be on Facebook and be like, oh, I just can't do it because justice and goodness and all kinds. You've of- said it before, and and the amount of times you don't, I never, I almost never interact. I look at it. This is me interacting as much as I want to. Yeah, I want to talk to people I know that are rational people. That I go, hey, what do you think about this? Um, I will say there are sometimes that you guys say things and I, go, I can't believe they're saying that. But but uh you know, it's fine. I know yeah. that where it's coming from. Um but yeah, it's like one of those things like oh, who cares? At the end of the day, legally he has he has uh done his time. Mm-hmm. And then why if if those close to him have said, "Yeah, we're cool with this being a thing." Just don't listen if you don't like it. Exactly. And like yeah. To add on to that, like you were saying, Christians should forgive him, period. We take the majority of our spiritual advice from a person who- Pretty hypocritical, Christians. uh, No, yeah, exactly. We take like two-thirds of our Christian advice from a person who went around hunting down and killing Christians and then had a conversion experience- and then a chapter later is like preaching cool. to people, and yeah, and, they, and God's saying, "No, he's." Cool. I don't think he's done enough. I need about eight chapters <laughs> exactly. before he. <clears throat> no, non Christians. If you if you don't want to hold if you don't want to hold on any grace for that situation, I can't blame you. You know, I I don't understand what um what foundations lie within your moral compass or what you deem acceptable, not acceptable. Um, but if you are a Christian. And you are born again, then you have an obligation to the person who forgives you for your sin every moment of every day to forgive this guy. And if you don't want to, that's on your own shoulders. It's not Tim's fault. Tim's, right. you know, and I don't even think Tim's a Christian. Uh, he, I think he is. He actually he became is, a Christian. Well, well I think he, he was beforehand. He 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 uh, he talks. I've seen a few documentaries. He was a Christian. Um. And you know, Azalea Dying used to be a pretty openly like Christian, yeah, like thing. Society's finest was a Christian man, um, yeah. and early on, at least, um, and he he actually took a lot of philosophy. He like he got, I want to say, a master's degree in something like philosophy. During that time, he started questioning That'll a lot it. of things. There it is. That's why he did it. And a master's degree, and, and you still find the only hitman that happens to be an undercover <laughs> cop. Right, like, but uh, I don't know if it's great ma- like it's some it's some prestigious degree. Is and that he a hitman fall... mustache or a cop mustache? I don't know. It looks like a hitman mustache. <laughs> <sighs> but he fell away from his faith a little bit. I don't know if he ever turned on it, but um, apparently through this experience, he I've heard him say that he, he is a, still a Christian. And you know what probably did that is people who's that guy you're talking about from Tooth and Nail, Chris, uh, Chad, Chad Johnson, Chad. Chad. I think that is a prime example of a person who's God fearing. He Chad Johnson might be a saint. 
Yeah. So, he, he, yeah. So, to to know someone in because here's the thing he would have to have worked with that guy in his highs and lows see him do all this see how it affected his scene and the people closest to him and still find an opportunity to reach out and talk to him or vice versa and rebuild that relationship and that's the kind of grace that draws people further like along or back you know just in general and i just i find it so insane that there's such a lack of grace and maybe right now i'm experiencing a lack of grace for those that aren't giving up that are experiencing <laughs> lack of grace um but so, it's just, it's just so frustrating guys, for guys, me. Guys, for just the price of a uh, cup of coffee a day, you can help Tim Lembisa <laughs> and his family. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I will I will say, if, if, if on the Jake Lures thing, like, Jake is a super stand-up guy. He has... Uh, Who's like, that? Uh, August Burns Red Singer. Oh, he okay. has this organization called Heart Support. That helps, you know, like deal with like people going through suicide and like various different issues. And he does like seminars and all this sorts of stuff to really reach out to young kids and be try to be a assistance for them. He's like openly very like stand up Christian guy. Uh, so and it, it was his choice to be associated with it. He knew the backlash he would get. But for some reason, he still thought it was OK. So yeah. in the same sense, I think that has a lot to say about it, too. So, In fact, I would say he probably took a stand on that. Yeah. Um, if Tim Limbisa says, He's hey. He's brave, <clears throat> all right? Josh Clifton, do you want to come do ga- uh, guest vocals on my record? Without a thought, I'd do it. I don't even care. Like, if. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I'd be worried if I said no, he'd try to put a hit out. <laughs> I want that Raven Hill guy. I, I need that Raven Hill guy. <laughs> it's like he sends his guy. Cool. Mustache dude. Uh, what did what do you want to bring up? So I was uh, watching a podcast and uh, watching. I, I was watching a YouTube video <laughs> okay. from a podcaster. Oh. Sorry guys. Oh man, <laughs> so confused for a second. Um, and he was talking about some of the um someone that asked him a question. It was like a Monday FAQ kind of thing. Frequently <coughs> asked questions. And then the um, off. and the person uh was like, "Hey, the artists before the '90s were they able to do pitch correction or were they able to?" edit stuff the way we are today and the guy uh he he works out of uh what's it called sunset studios in california yeah sun sound yeah sunset sound yeah he works out of there i've been there uh it's really cool yeah it is um and it's right down the road from uh the maybe the best uh, amoeba records yeah uh the best record store you'd ever go to we need to go there sometime uh i want i want <laughs> ravenhill this will be the first year Ravenhill hasn't made it out to California in in a long time. If we don't go, so we need to get well, out there. To go. I would love to go too. But uh, yeah. like Prince lived out of there, recording Purple Rain and stuff. Yeah. Like it's a really big studio, and he was like, you know, they had their t- they had their tricks for the time. Um, he's like, lots of bands in the seventies, uh, eighties, and stuff recording out of there. There was a way to tune your vocals. They would sample it and actually put run it through a tuner. And then speed it up or slow it down to raise the pitch or lower the pitch. And there were lots of bands who we consider like the holy grail bands who would pitch correct themselves. Yeah. They would slow down songs so they could perform the parts. Yeah. And yeah. they'd do all that kinds of all of those kinds of things. And I was kind of blown away by that. I was like, oh dude, no way. That makes so much sense. Because yeah. I love yeah. minute I love some songs from Men at Work. Yeah. And there are some parts where he's singing and he does a high note and he'll do like a run down. I'm like, that didn't sound human. Because he sounds yeah, human across I, I the whole knew record. I that that was a thing that they would do. Uh, that was pitch correct before they could. And, yeah. And I I know that they 
they would do that in music videos too. They uh, like in art day and age, where they would record it uh, sped up, and you would react to it sped up. But when you slowed it down, it was it looked real cool. Like it's just mm-hmm. tricks of the trade. We yeah. actually did that on the least of these uh, the video that Johnny and I did. Oh, that's uh, right, paradox. Recorded paradox. Like yeah, we we recorded it like I think like maybe twenty percent slower, so uh-huh. that because we wanted it was kind of like an older like. You know, kind of grainy vibe. We wanted to have that that look, so we actually looked like sped a Nosferatu movie. Yeah, we so we spent so that way we had to speed the song down twenty ten to twenty percent, so that when we brought it back up to actual speed, right. he was like the moves were more jerky and more you know kind of that that yeah. that vibe. But the bands who would do this kind of stuff were like the Beatles and a bunch yeah. of other bands like that, and I thought totally. that was I was like, oh my god, that's such a crazy thought. And um, like there are some songs from the Beatles. There's one in particular where there's like a harpsichord part. And it was so hard for them to play correctly. They sp- uh, slowed the song down to fifty percent, um, or twice as slow. Yeah. And then they played it down an octave. So when they sped it back up, it sounded like the upper octave, and it was going. And I was mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, this was kind of profound. I love this because, uh, and the guy was they, they were inventing things. Yeah. That that whenever we got to a point where digital things could do it, it was almost like, oh, we can now do that. The stuff that that took them. Maybe hours. weeks to figure out yeah. how to do. Because like to quantize drums like we do by yeah. highlighting everything, right-clicking it and hitting Q. Yeah. Like what they would do is they would go, okay, the tape goes at 40. Um, they had to do the math. Yeah. It, it was uh, 40 rotations per second or something like that. So they go, okay. You think they knew what parallelograms were? I don't know what that is. Johnny just sent us a text that said, please talk about this for me. And it says someone, it was a Twitter post where someone goes, I'm glad I learned about parallelograms and not taxes because this has worked out well for me or something like that. And so like this kind of plays into it. The fact that back then they had to figure out <coughs> the math and and the uh, I guess even the structure of like the process. They had to know everywhere in between. If we're talking about the Beatles because they were they were known for trying to figure out new ways to do a thing mm-hmm. or to to be able to do a thing in a non-digital world mm-hmm. that would emulate what we can do so easily. Yeah. And and so th- every step, I remember I'm not good enough to explain what I'm about to explain or smart enough about this. But when we were in Sputnik Sound, Vance Powell and Mitch Dane, after we did all our songs to uh, Analog Tape, they ran it through a water hose, the sound through a water hose, um, like a thing they built mm-hmm. where they send the sound through a water hose and it plays all the way through and it gives it this weird reverb sound to another sound. And they showed it to us and it was like, what? And he goes, yeah. I mean, your record's roughly around like uh, 40 minutes or so. So like, uh, we don't need anybody in here for 40 minutes because any outside sound would get caught up in it. So yeah. everyone leave. Probably run it to a separate bus and then like yeah, made, like a it was like bus it was like kind of kind of it was like it was almost like they were still pretending as if they didn't have the digital tools to do it. Yeah, and and I loved that. I loved. I wish I would have been recording all that like video wise, but I was so caught up in the moment that I didn't like. I didn't think I should be recording this for later. Yeah. footage or whatever um and so that ju- the guy in the the youtube video he was like you know 
it's not so much that now um, or back then they were all perfect geniuses that always aced everything perfectly. It's like, no, they were human musicians who did an awesome job of creating the culture we live in today. But that doesn't mean if you choose to use those tools, you're any less of a creator than they are. Um, my only issue with it is that it has tend to make it tends to make people lazy. Oh, totally. Instead of reaching for that take, you go, oh, I'll get it in post. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll fix it. You know, I mean, yeah. you've you've seen us, but Kalen for sure has seen us like yeah. vocally, especially trying to go. Uh, no, we, we can do better. And and that's that's the thing that I get nervous about the digital age is that <laughs> we don't try to make ourselves better. Mm-hmm. And for us to be as good as the Beatles or as good as Queen, like the fact that we would sit there. They when they got on stage, they performed at such a high, like I don't know, caliber, like, caliber, yeah. or, or even Foo Fighters. Like they, when you see them live, you go, "Holy crap!" Like this is this is as good, if not better, than their their video or their their uh, uh, record. But then I've seen bands that don't do as good of a job live. And it may, as their record, and their record sounds phenomenal. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if they did take shortcuts in the studio and said, hey, we can just auto tune that or we can just get that in post. Mm-hmm. And so they never were really able to do it. And they're still learning how to get that good. Yeah. Well, that that's honestly something you will hear quite <clears throat> frequently. Like there's there's a lot of people that. That, that bothers me so much. Well, the, if the idea is, and I don't know if I have it uh, like formed an official like one side or the other opinion on it, but the, the idea is in the studio you're creating, you're putting out an idea, you try to create the best possible version of what your concept is because you want it yeah. to be. It's what everybody's hearing, and sometimes the means to get there it might be beyond your own limitations at the time. Yeah. And there's been times where I know that I've written guitar riffs where I had to like take it section by section, like literally just like a, like a, like and then learn it right later. And then like spice it together to make it sound the way I envisioned it. But the difference I feel like is I know that I would take the time to practice it till I made it sound every bit as good as the record. So yeah. I, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to, <laughs> if you have a vision and you're right. trying to pursue that vision and you want the best possible representation, but your skill level may not be there yet. So there's a way to get it there, but then you have to do the work. Yeah. Let know? me say this. I'm okay with that because I don't think whenever the Beatles made a day in the life, I don't even know if they ever performed that live. Surely they did. And they probably didn't have tracks back then, so or or in the way we know them. Well, and that part of the reason that. they stopped performing live was because they, they couldn't felt, recreate. They, they, they couldn't yeah. perform it. That that was, I mean, that was a legitimate so reason. I don't expect why them they, to they, have all those craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were like, we can't. We've put stuff on a record that us four individuals, we had had to have like an army of people, right, to recreate this. So because of that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, because of that, I. I get that. And I guess what I'm saying mostly is a guitar part and maybe the um, vocals are the big thing. 
Like yeah. I would I would like to think if a guitarist gets in there. It's one thing if you have if I'm a pop artist, I'm I'm by myself and all this all the 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 all, majority of the song has been written by Kalen. And he made this pop song and and programmed drums or even a, a real drummer, a professional drummer, and then I go and get my band to learn this song that I created in with the with you guys and say, Okay, we gotta do this and they don't know how to do it. I was like, okay, how can we get close to this until you learn how to do it? I get that. I guess I do. Yeah. Um, I'm giving grace there. I would never do that, but I would I wouldn't do the song until we could do it the way at least as good as right. as what's on the record. I will say it would bother me if uh Take It to the Limit by the Eagles, mm-hmm. where he goes that real high take it to limit. They like you've heard that real high note in the yeah. back. Yeah, it slowed down and then. Uh, oh, I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't think so because the drummer. I think the drummer was the one that could, or the bass player was the one that would hit that note. He could hit that note. Okay. And he quit the band so they would never play that song. Okay. Because because you had to hit that note. Yeah. It was such an iconic moment that they would just not play that until he came back. He's passed away now, but. But uh, um, but when it comes to vocals, and, you, and I know I'm a little harsh when it comes to you got to be able to do it. And like I'm a little, I mean, like uh, I would say I would never put something on there vocally that I intended. That's a main thing. Now I would probably put if I was doing weird stuff like the Beatles did in like a day in life and all this ambient noise and weird stuff, I would, I'd, I'd do modulation. If it wasn't something, if it wasn't the main vocal or main backing vocal, I would do something as like, Oh, we want to make it, we want to manipulate it and make it sound weird. You're cool with creating atmosphere. Yeah. But if it's something, because chances are the atmosphere uh, is not the atmosphere we're making for the live show. We're making it for that record. For that and, experience. Yeah. yeah. And live, it's going to be a whole different thing. <laughs> right. Um, I, yeah. Because we just don't use uh, tracks and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a difference there. Like, uh, to, I know Shane from O Sleeper. Yeah. Good as, I, I took some, a couple lessons from him. And, and he is a phenomenal, incredible guitar player. Like, definitely on a upper tier level, yeah. I would say, you know, he played in between the Barry to me and just the fact that fact alone that he even could play in that band at one point in time mm-hmm. shows his skill level. But even like, I know on some O sleeper records, he told me, I mean, he could play the sweeps and everything clean super well, but even in the studio, they had him play all the sweeps and stuff at halftime and double speed it up just oh. because it sounded like the clarity and the cleanliness of it was like, it's almost superhuman, but to get this vibe and the sound that they were going for, that's what they were shooting for. Mm-hmm. So it, I think, but he's totally capable. Like he is the most, like nobody, I would say to do what he's, he does. There's very few guitarists that are more capable, capable. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I think there is that line. It's like you, there's, if the vibe or is, yeah. is it like, if there's a way to achieve a certain sound and achieve a certain quality, 
that you have to use other means to manipulate to get to that. I say all more power to them because they're still being creative and still experimenting. Yeah, you should. But, but I think you, there should be a difference between. I mean, I'm not against tracks. I'm against tracks for Ravenhill. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, yeah, and I agree. Um, I, I think that would yeah, be wouldn't the that wrong, be really weird? That would to be have the like, wrong call for us. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I could so think of a few examples that could be fun. It would um, probably be more in between songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it, it'd trans be like, segues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that it'd be like a whistling, like silly thing, and yeah. the, the sound of a rocking chair, or like a Johnny Cash, <laughs> like like you know, like, like, like a, something a, that I think <laughs> that you would have fun with. That you'd be like, now everyone, hey, hey, everyone, quiet, listen up. Here, I'm, I'm gonna quiet. tell you a story. Tell you know, you a story. like you, you, all of a sudden my voice goes like this, or like a Johnny Cash sample in between stuff, like yeah. like the transition. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I think yeah. the intro to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is tuned. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't think in a bad way. I think in an artistic way because the sound. Like, you can hear all of them singing um, throughout the record. Nothing sounds like that moment. Like, that sounds a little... The, is this real Yeah. <coughs> is it fantasy? I mean, he's such a... Fun, uh, him no. and Roger Taylor. Yeah, and, I, and I, Taylor? I'm, a, I'm a full believer that Freddie Mercury... Right. I'm, not, I'm not messing that up, right? His name's Roger Taylor? Probably. I believe so. I'm looking it up now because yeah, I will not forget yeah, yeah. myself later but, on. Um, I, I think it is because that has the same quality of a lot of other 70s and 80s music of a moment that makes sense if it was tuned. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's an intentional thing because I think in their heads, they were like, hey, how can we how can we make our vo uh, voices sound like a keyboard? Like, how can we, you know, like intentionally trying to create like a really weird atmosphere with it? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, we'd never really. We know. we we could we could never know. I mean, they they obviously <laughs> could do it. Intended, yeah, that they did it. Uh, if they didn't, if I mean, in their in Bohemian Rhapsody, they showed them doing this song, and they definitely played it up as if they really did this song that way. So, which is which I would one hundred percent believe if they did. Yeah. I just upon learning that I was going okay. What moments could have that could that have happened in? I mean, I could hear. I bet you it happened more times than you would like to, and mm -hmm. because there's a lot of singers that aren't, especially in the seventies and eighties. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, of all time, I, I just want to say seventies and eighties and sixties of all time. Before probably the '60s, it was probably all real. Yeah, they didn't have that. They well, because back then out. you're, you know, but was, you were you, you got to realize there's one microphone on the entire group. No, you actually maybe not because you remember David Seville. David Seville uh, had a whole career of speeding up, and that's from the '50s. He's he's the one that did Alvin and Chipmunks. Oh, okay. He did all the voices for Alvin and Chipmunks, and he would just speed it up. That's clever. So they must have Still figured it out back then, and they were like, oh, if we can speed it up, we could slow it down and sing it and then speed it up to the right key we want. Yeah. Like, when were, like, when did, like, the Echoplex, when did that become a thing? Because that's, that's, because, I mean, that's, like, would, tape machines, like, think, tape delays. Yeah, I mean, I all, and 70s. chorus effects. Like, all of those things are, you know, frequency and sound and, like, time delayed manipulation. It's, yeah. it's it's all so and those those have been around for quite some time so on, on the same adventure that i was going through watching these videos um the record that has everlong from foo fighters yeah um 
Did you know they recorded the whole record and then scrapped it and started yeah. over? That was well, no, oh, the drums. Yeah, yeah, the drums. Dave Grohl Have actually you, played them. You should watch uh, back and forth. Okay. The the it's on Netflix. I think I'd enjoy it. The, I think you would um, because it's kind of the intro and it talks about all that and the weirdness about. Did you that. know uh, his guitar rig for that record? No, it was Kurt Cobain's live rig. Oh really? Yeah, it's a Mesa so, Studio preamp into a Marshall power amp yeah, into oh, Marshall man. cabs. Exactly. So Marshall I cabs. Need you get on. I need with you vintage thirties. I need you to find that that setup for me and I'm a bossiest one. I'm yeah. gonna buy. I it's, want that setup. <laughs> there's vintage thirties in the cab, and uh, that intro, the, oh, the, 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 the intro riff. Yeah. Hell. He uh he rolled his volume back, and just lightly picked it. Mm-hmm. And so it was that same like, like it was that same tone. Yeah, he just rolled his volume back and played it lightly, and that's what gives you that intro tone. Yeah, that my son London he loves Foo Fighters probably more than I do, and he literally asked me the other day, "Is like, what's your favorite that poor kid? <laughs> what's your favorite Foo Fighters song?" He's very much my kid, yeah. because how many times have you guys heard me go, "Oh, what's your favorite this or that?" He's very much my kid. Yeah. And I go, oh, that's a tough question, kid. Uh, let's see. And he goes, mine's Pretender. And I was like, he goes, I bet yours is Everlong. And I think it might be. I mean, I think Everlong might be their best song. Like, not not trying to I be I mean, like, it, was the, it was rated the number one song of the 90s, so. Yeah. Um, just the way his voice cap against his own self and creates that chorus effect. Yeah. Um, it's Pro kind of to- perfect song. Pro Tools was around then. Yeah, and they recorded the drums, I believe, in Pro Tools originally, mm-hmm. and they didn't like it, and so he was like, "No, I want to record it on tape." And so they yeah. went to—I think they went back to his home studio and recorded it. Uh, they actually went to uh, who was it? they? They they recorded the whole thing up in Portland or Seattle, <coughs> and then they went to L.A. to another producer and said, "Ah, oh, man, maybe we should do do it with uh, we should." I didn't like the drums on this. I'll just redo the drums on this. Yeah. And they ended up like slowly redoing every song and not telling the drummer until after it was done. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a and and in the documentary what, was Taylor, whatever his name, was he the drummer at the time? No. Hawkins. No, it was what's his name from uh um it's crazy because I'm friends with him on Facebook, but he quit the band after this. Um I wonder why. Uh, but he was from Sunny Day Real Estate. So him and Nate Mendall were from Sunny Day Real Estate. But here's the thing. If Dave Grohl is telling you that your drum takes aren't good enough and that yeah. he redid them, you'd be like, okay. Taylor Hawkins literally goes, I mean, I think it was Taylor that said this. He goes, I mean, whenever the greatest drummer of the 90s is the lead singer of your band, I mean, he's just- Get ready like, for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what do you do? Like, I mean- Now, I, I don't think he didn't like- I, I think he he was fine with the performance. It was the sound. He was just like- Maybe. He's like- but he, What's funny is, like, what's his name only plays w- on one song on that record now. <sighs> yeah. Good Lord. Because uh, the video I watched, it was the producer who mixed it. Uh-huh. Um, and he was talking about <clears throat> the tape deck that- uh, Dave has at home versus the one he you know worked on. Uh-huh. I think they just went in through a bunch of API three uh, twelves or two fifties or twenty five hundred. I don't know what they yeah. did, but they just used that across everything. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned Kurt Cobain's rig. Uh, what uh, Butch? What's his name? Who who did? Uh, William who, Goldsmith was the original drummer on that. Um, by the way, thank you. Who? Uh, they did uh, real quick. Why uh, they yeah. did uh, Bear Creek Studios and Wood 
Woodenville, Washington, and then they went down to Grandmaster Records in uh, Hollywood and to re-record everything, and uh, ended up being Gil Norton. I think Gil Norton was the um, producer. Yeah. What were you yeah, saying? And uh, yeah, uh, Butch Vig, the uh, producer who uh, produced Nevermind. Right. I remember he. They brought Kurt Cobain. Brought his rig in. Okay. And then, so he was literally, he had, it, uh, in the main the, the main components of his rig are, uh, it's a Macia Studio preamp, which is based upon the Mark IIc Plus uh, Mesa amplifier, which yeah. is probably, if I ever had, like, my Holy Grail amp for me is that amp. That's what you model day. usually. That's made, on, like, on, on a fractal TC50. most times, like, what would a, Plus. What would a rig like this cost? Uh, the IIc Plus, like an authentic one, that's... Do those go for thirty-five to four grand now? Okay, is that the head? That's just the, the head. I bet you the preamps like twenty. Pre- no, the the, the 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 preamp itself, the studio pre's <coughs> actually go for way cheaper, like under a grand. Yeah, just the studio pre. It. But he uh, he used a studio pre into a Marshall like power amp, like two power amp of some I kind. I want it. And let's uh, get that piece by piece. Yeah, no, I I would totally do that. Yeah. And then, but what's funny is he had that, and then he ran a Boss DS1 in front of it. Mm-hmm. As his gain tone, yeah, and like so, Kurt Cobain was in the studio, like playing that, and Butch walks up to him, which I think the AS ones can sound great, honestly. They can, uh-huh. yeah. uh, but he watched, he walks up, he, he like takes the DS one out of his his uh, effects chain, he just plugs uh-huh. them into the Mesa and turns up the gain. He's like, "There you go." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> He's um, just like he wouldn't. Kurt Butch Cobain would know though, man. Yeah, oh. he, like Kurt Cobain was so adamant about using a DS one because that's what he used live. Yeah. Into that thing, and then he's just like, no, <laughs> he's not, so you're not, not doing forever, this forever. Long it was Mesa cabs, though. Okay, so the well, studio, the, uh, the Foo studio. Fighters were uh, Mesa and Dorsey's for many, many years, mm-hmm. and so, so it was a Mesa uh, oversized recto cab. This is a great segue um, to close this out. Um, I assume we probably need to wrap this up a little bit, but uh, uh, this week, my sons, my oldest <coughs> oldest two sons, played their first concert. That's so, cool. <laughs> so awesome. And uh, you can go to Josh Clifton Art on Instagram to see. They meet um, any girls? <laughs> got so much strange. No, uh, <laughs> you don't that's even strange. Know. That's really weird. They're <laughs> um, like five. Uh, no, London. Uh, London play both. Both London and Judah played on Trees, and I know you guys have probably played Trees. You played Trees, right? Twice. Yeah. yeah I played Trees. You? Yeah. I've never played Trees. And if you don't know, if you're not from the DFW area, Trees is a venue in Deep Ellum <laughs> that uh, um, downtown Dallas, downtown Dallas that that is known for a 1991, 91, 90 mob, was it a mob hit? 1990 uh, concert that oh. Nirvana played. It no. was it was it was uh, booked before Nevermind was re- yeah, released, so. but then it. I think this show happened like shortly after Nevermind was released. Or right. Smells Like Team Spirit single came out. That's what happened. Is that I what don't happened? Think, I don't think Nevermind was fully released, but the single for S- Smells Like Team Spirit was was uh, was out on the radio. Yeah, because uh, um, Nevermind came out in 91, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there was a famous concert that uh, I'd seen clips of, but I've never watched the whole thing. I, I ended up while waiting for I was up in the balcony just sitting there <laughs> waiting for my sons to go on. And uh because they're in School of Rock and they're both drummers. Um 
And I was like, I was a real proud dad moment where I was like, man, my kid's about to play their first concert. I didn't play my first concert concert until I was like 16. Same here. I was 16, so, 17, someone, somewhere. And there. it wasn't as cool as this setting. Like Mine, <laughs> mine was, like, was at Red Blood Club. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. That's funny. That was Judah. They played twice in that day, and Judah's was in Red Blood Club. Yeah. Um, I didn't know RBC stood for Red Blood Club until well, you yeah. told me yesterday. It used to be Red like a you. super divey punk bar. Yeah, like that's it looked, a cool name for a club. Yeah, it it used to wait, look like you thought you were going to get shot when you went in there back in the day. Um, But uh, I sat up there, and I literally watched that video as London and Judah were over my shoulder, and I was like, this is happening right there, man. This happened right there. Uh-huh. And if you want to go on Google and look up like um, uh, trees, uh, I what happens is Kurt Cobain. It's a whole fe- uh, the whole um, it's a whole show whole shows on there. What had happened was what had happened was uh, they had. Uh, oh, is that like when Lincoln got shot? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dear God, <laughs> thank you for contributing to this podcast. Of course, <laughs> love you. Um, <laughs> they uh uh they had put out smells like teen spirit they blew up on that video and um and i they had like already booked, they had <laughs> they had already booked this show and no one i think realized that it was going to be the chaos that it was and right. so was that their first the big show um no, like, w- it they it was very it was right as they were starting to branch outside of like Amberdeen or and the yeah Seattle I'm sure area. they had big shows in Washington okay like in their scene but this right. was like one of their first kind of out of state runs that they were starting to do and uh, so they ended up uh, the, I, a, a friend of mine told me that he knows the guy that ends up punching Kurt Cobain in the face during that show and and I would like to I, I think. The whole X marks the story uh, thing. Yeah, I think I'd like to do one on that. That would be so cool. And have his viewpoint of it. Yeah, and anyone else that was there. But essentially, what happens is some like a kid, like a security guard, is like rough with like a kid or something. Like that. What happened was, uh, right, is that spoiling it for? No, no, no. Yeah, like people. that's kind of what happened is like people they just didn't know what to do. There were too many people there. Yeah, they overbooked it, oversold it, and then there were. Uh, thousands of people outside of trees just trying to get a look at nirvana uh-huh. and uh and so they didn't have like any bar- the yeah they didn't they didn't no one had the foresight to put uh <coughs> barricades really? between yeah. them and so so they ended up putting like three or four i could only see three on the picture or on the video but there might have been more uh because they were it was a punk rock show too so like People were stage diving and getting on stage and everything and jumping off. So they were just, I don't think they were being too rough. They would just yeah. say, you got to go, dude. I mean, they still let them. And th- and some guys would get up there and get over by uh, Dave Grohl on the drums and just wait for uh, the right time to jump. And they'd let them do it. So not to not be on Kurt Cobain's side, but <laughs> it does seem like Kurt was the, the aggressor here. Now, maybe... Uh-huh. Maybe I don't know the full story, but what happened was uh, Kurt jumps out into the crowd too with his guitar, as what uh, and he's st- uh, he's crowd surfing playing the guitar, and they're bringing him in, and the guy is bringing him in, and you see Kurt literally start hitting the secured the bouncer uh, on stage with his guitar, and and uh, 
He gets him on stage, and then the dude just, you could see him kind of going like, what the hell? You know, like, and then he gets up and just hits um, uh, Kurt Cobain in the face. <laughs> and and then uh, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl and uh, Chris Noselic just get in there, too. And, uh, and they're like, and then the show goes on. After they break them up and everything. You literally see Dave Grohl like fly out from yeah. out the drum set. Like hey. fly over the drum yeah. set. It's crazy. That is rad. I know. That yeah. is, I hope. I mean, he is there is probably a situation. the most badass human alive, yeah. I swear. Dude, that reminds and me of Johnny And he's a so stick much. there, too. Like, he is so small in that situation. But, yeah, I, I hope one day, uh, like, one of my friends or someone I know is in that situation and I react that fast. Because I was blown away about how quickly Dave Grohl had his boys back. Uh-huh. Like, have you ever seen SLC Punk? Yeah, of course. Dude, remember that scene at the uh, Punk show near the beginning of the movie, and the guy who plays Marshall uh, from How I Met Your Mother? What's his name? John Siegel. John, yeah, uh, no, no, um, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Yeah. Um, he's like, hold my glasses, and he goes up there and he beats up, he beats the crap out of that bouncer yeah. <laughs> at the after party. He's like, hey man, I'm sorry, I had to beat you up. He's like, but you're hitting my friend. And he's yeah. like, I'm the bouncer for the band. He's like, well, yeah, but we're at a punk show in America. It's not stunned. Sorry. <laughs> but I was watching that, and then uh, London gets up there. And I knew they would do well. I did. I was not ready for him to do Did you cry? That great. I was very upfront watching it. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, he's killing it. And immediately I started weeping. And I go, this is not the way I thought I'd react. Like, I'm fighting it. And the, there are families all around me, and I'm pulling my hood even, like, because I'm, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. But I, the, the moment that got me was I had told him, I was like, hey, you should cherish this moment. This is your first time not only playing a concert, but playing an iconic stage. I was like, Take it in while you're up there. So there was a moment in the video, if you look, like uh, he looks up and he's looking around. And I was like, that was the moment I was like, he's taking it in. Good. Like he's, he's, he realizes this is a special moment. And he was so steady, man. Like I, could, I was going to say, comment on that. His, he, he had such pocket. steady timing. Yeah. Like for a drum, like he's I, been drumming for a month and a half. Yeah, he has inherent rhythm in, yeah. in his... Yeah, uh, and I was seriously nervous about that. I, I thought, like, I, I was worried, you know me, I'm always worried about my time. So I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't have, like, some, uh, he just doesn't get it or something uh-huh. like that. And he just, like, uh, like I, I posted it and so many people, so many drummers, like, I'm so proud. Like, yeah. uh, Isaiah Perez, so, oh, like, for, so yeah. proud of him. And then uh, uh, Bradley Batterton, who played drums for uh, uh, Sean Michelle, he was like, man, he's a good pocket drummer, you can tell. Ringo and, uh, was pretty stoked. Yeah, Ringo sent a message. <laughs> no, <laughs> So <laughs> many friends were just like, it was so cool. And uh, uh, John Raby and, and, and uh, Matt Jackson, they all were like, man, he did so good. And it blew me away. I expected, I thought I was going to have to be, uh, hey, buddy, you did good. And then later yeah. I was like, oh, you got to work. But like he did so well that I was like, I mean, you know, I can keep a steady beat. He's a better drummer than me in a month and a half than I am. Yeah. And, I, and I've I've been around drums for a long. Time. I have a few drum students, and of all the ones I've had, one of three 
uh, it's only three, but one of three is just natural. Uh, the first time yeah. she picked up her sticks, I was like, play this beat. And she played the beat. And I was like, okay, play, add a double, add a secondary kick to the second half. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Do this fill. I'm like, this is the funnest 30 minutes I've had with the student. Yeah. That's so yeah, I cool. I think some people just get, so I was very proud. Judah did good too, that he's learning and it's, and he's younger. So he, he takes a little bit. So he's, he did when I'm coming around and he's only doing the hi hat and snare. snare. So he's like, so he's just learning to keep that rhythm. Plus, I think his, He's having a hard time, like reaching, uh, reaching things. So it's just gonna take him a while. Yeah, Dude, get him some platform shoes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but all that to say, like, it's cool. I mean, London did so well that they uh, want him to learn guitar on top of learning. Good. That. So, so I did a whole bunch of guitar. Stuff when are you gonna homeschool him? Oh, we they were homeschooled. When are you gonna homeschool him again so he can focus more on music? No, I, I'm I'm nervous to push the music as uh, unless they I've always let them pick their path and and I was like oh if you're gonna do this like I'll I'll push you to an extent but I don't want to be the reason why you're uh, I if I, you ever want your kid to one day own Neverland Ranch you need to push him harder. Um, <laughs> by the way, God, I was gonna bring that up. We've got to we got to wrap this up, right? You could probably bring this up in the next forty seconds. I watched that four hour documentary, Leaving Neverland. Did you see they took it down? Did they take it out? Down? Yeah, the whole thing. They took it. They took it off, and Oprah took her videos down too. I watched it literally two days ago. Off, right. They took it off HBO. No, that's where I watched it. Really? Yeah. Huh. I heard Oprah took her things down. I heard Hulu took it off. Okay, it might have been Hulu. Apparently, one of those guys. Uh, allegations mm -hmm. uh couldn't have happened because what he was describing didn't exist when he said it happened interesting yeah and so apparently that's a big thing i don't know but all i have to say for someone that grew up with uh michael jackson was a big part of me as a performer as a little kid like i wanted to learn i could tell uh <laughs> I don't know if you're being funny or you could tell because I don't know. Um, you grab your crotch a lot on stage. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, or other people grab it for you. Yeah, that has happened more <laughs> times than me grabbing my own crotch. <laughs> um, uh, but all that to say. Um, just so sexual, Josh. You know, sexual not, energy. energy. Can't and they haven't all been female. <laughs> so, this hey. has been sexual chocolate. Hey. <laughs> More power to you, man. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's not. You're not wanting it. It's no, just, I'm it's not just, looking for it. It's just. And it's just our happening. Our show to you. doesn't ask for it. He's, he's not telling him to stop. I mean, <laughs> no, I kind of take a step back. And be like, <laughs> it's gonna be weird. Uh, so um, sorry, Megan. Uh, so he did not like it. Um, I tell her every time something like that happens. Um, but I will. I mean, God. We talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago about like you know Cosby still being funny even though he did crappy things. Yeah. Um, in that documentary, I'm sitting there going, they get very graphic, and I'm sitting there going like, I don't, I hate this if this is true. I hate it so much because it's someone that was like such an iconic person in my childhood. As far as like, I mean, I, I had every record and. I had outfits and and I danced like him and all that stuff. Did you have a smooth criminal outfit? No, I didn't have that one. You I had, had the wrong outfits. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, 
And then they would show a clip of him like, make a better place for you and for me and the entire human race. And I was like, God, this song is so good. And he did so <laughs> much good for the world. And like, like, and there's a part of you that feels naive for believing that this could be a lie about him because he definitely was a weirdo. Oh, he slept in a tube. Yeah, he's definitely a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. But I also know that, like, there's a part of me that uh, wants to lean into the na- naivete, whatever, and go, no, he never had a childhood, so he's kind of stuck in that. And there's probably some type of mental disorder that that kept him in this uh, childlike state. Yeah. But, but, man... It just seems weird. Seems seems like it probably definitely some weird stuff did happen and and I don't wanna ignore it. So I literally have told my kid London, who loves Michael Jackson, uh, I was like, Hey, I'm okay with you listening to Michael Jackson, but when you get older you and I have to have a talk about him. <laughs> uh, just don't I was like, You can listen he's good music, but uh, don't get too excited about that guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like just just like his music and don't don't like him right now. Yeah. We'll figure out something as time goes on. Yeah. <laughs> but like again, I guess it comes down to like your heroes and who you cuz you know when you when there's a musician you love or like an artist you love, you want to learn about them because you're like how can I create this universe for myself to exist and how can I emulate this energy? And run roll with it in my own way, and so I, I guess I could understand the whole like, okay, I love Michael Jackson. I want to capture the energy. I want to capture everything I got from him was positive. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, the stuff that he did, and even the music, and even the things he sang about, pushed me to say, oh, that's you have to take care of each other. Yeah, you have to love one another. Yeah, uh, even if the Beatles came out to be creeps, and and they say, oh, crazy thing is they're Satanists, and they they were the authors of child slavery and and all this stuff and you go oh crap but their music pushed bounds and everything yeah well here's this also they were young dudes and they were Mm -hmm. rock stars they definitely went all over tons of women oh you there's so many little ringos out there (laughs) yeah but but like here's the thing it's like okay well cool were they womanizers did they take advantage did they use their authority to and their in their position to get what they wanted from people here's the question and here's the answer it's yes but it was like but it's more acceptable i'm not saying clearly that is not as bad if someone wants to consensually exchange or something like that that's a choice both people are making to be in that instant in that moment here's clearly, the question if michael jackson was that person doing those things that was a perversion of power and yeah, that was sick kid. and disgusting right yeah like i understand that and i get that but it's like I feel like if we're going to be like hardcore about the stuff, are we going to be completely hardcore or are we only going to be hardcore when it could be trending? Are we right. only going to be hardcore when we can make a, a video about it and then make money off the ad revenue that comes out before it? Yeah. It kind we of, should do that, by the way. We should. And <laughs> it kind of ties into, <laughs> uh, which I think obviously very different situations uh, in the sense of like Tim Lambesi's to tie it back to the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's obviously come forward very apologetically, you know, what he did was in, in a different way 
a very perverted view and a pure perverted act in the sense of wanting to take a life of, of somebody. And that, that's, that's awful. That's, and I guess, I guess with the difference and I'm kind of being open-ended rhetorical, like what is the distinction between the two, the fact that he has asked for forgiveness and he has like owned what he has done. I guess, and the fact that nothing happened actually. Nothing. This you're right. Yeah, you're right. Nothing did actually. He happen. got caught before it could. She unfold. got caught. Yeah. 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 So I mean, like, it's true. If if he would have been successful and then caught, found out, I think he'd be, be blacklisted. A, we we'd be having a different conversation. True. Yeah. He would yeah. still be in prison. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely would be. Start, <laughs> starting another band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about death. So he was uh he was lucky that it was the uh the undercover cop. Yeah. yeah. Tim Lambesis and the the death row killers. Yeah. <laughs> the doo wop band, bomb ba bomb dang 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 ding We're we're so good at podcasting. Tying a bow on everything. Look but, at us. Um, look at us guys. It, it, I don't know. Life's complicated, man. There's so many like well, hold on a second. Let's talk about this elephant in the room. His voice is messed up because he's been coughing like crazy. So now he sounds like Michael Jackson. That's not like, true. That's, that's ignorant. Crazy, man. That's life's, ignorant. Life's, <laughs> that's ignorant, guys. Life's hard, man. No, that's not true. It's a skin condition. Hey, <laughs> you know what's funny? That vitiligo that he has, Megan has it. Really? Yeah, it literally makes you go whiter. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. It is a thing. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> ignorant. No. All right. Well, we've we've had a good time hanging out with you guys. Um, rate review us. Crank uh, up that auto tune. No, no, don't. <laughs> um, if it's stylistic, right now as I'm doing this, <laughs> actually, if I'm not, I don't. This outro, someone can put uh, melodyne on it. This will be the first time that my voice has ever had melodyne. There you go. On it. And, um, but yeah, we can uh, uh, rate, review us. Tell us what you think at josh at honeygoldrecords.com. Um, look up uh, Buzz at the Bearded Monk, Honeygold Records, free showcase that is happening in Denton every month. Uh, once every month, free show, different bands. Yeah. Um, and anything else? Um, I would say, I would say, hey, if you guys have any thoughts on any hey, of the yeah. stuff we talked about today, um, just know they're ignorant. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. If you have any thoughts on anything we said today, um, hit us up on Facebook. We'll start a conversation because yeah. um, clearly, like my position, as much as I can be, is I'm trying to figure it out. I'm very ignorant when it comes to a lot of things. I'm very ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say that? Oh God, maybe South Park just South Park well, it, made it that, in- and also that. Uh, video that johnny sent to us was it johnny that sent that yeah, to that us? That oh that's bad. right that was, a, <laughs> that was a hard video to watch Dude, it, oh, it was, was tough. of course of course of course i slept with those kids <laughs> And they did <laughs> oh my gosh that was a hard video to watch at least oh, nine, it was nine so... to ten times huh i watched that like nine or ten times nice it's real hard to watch wasn't it <laughs> no it was every time i was like oh my insides <laughs> I think I lost a year of my life watching that video. <laughs> you probably did. Yeah, I mean, you definitely lost it while coughing here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, strike up a conversation. Um, your perspective, you know, clearly is important. And 
it could be an opportunity for maybe something I've said that could look ignorant or look. Uh, you gotta quit using that word. I, I can't help it. I can't think of another word. Um, insensitive. Josh has had too many close calls with that word. <laughs> yeah. Could <laughs> <laughs> be so ignorant, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Long live the brotherhood. Long live the You're listening to a Honey Gold Records production. For this podcast and others like it, go to www.honeygoldrecords.com.